Hit it. Tune into the manifesto hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Welcome to the manifesto. I'm your host, Logan. Today, my guest is Gary Sullivan, Council Elector for St. John. Hi, Gary. Hi, Logan. How are you today? Doing great. It's a, it's a lovely day in the city. The sun's about it to is. come out. Really? Yeah. It's a nice day. Warm enough um, to have the windows open, get some fresh air in. It's good. My first question is going to be about the growth, the population growth that the city's experiencing. Really since, I'm going to say since COVID, it's been a population boom. Right here in St. John and across the whole province. But with these with all these people coming in, it's putting a strain on our services, like like infrastructure, housing, healthcare. What can the city do to continue the growth that St. John is facing while also mitigating the effects on aforementioned services? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, kind of all levels of government have wanted growth, wanted growth, wanted growth. And, and we understand um, that in growing your economy, you, you grow your population, you will grow your economy. I don't think any of us at any level of government, whether it be municipal, provincial, or federal, were entirely ready for everything that growth meant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because when we grow, that's great until all of the homes are filled. And then where do people live? And we have people living in tents in poverty because yeah. there's nowhere for them to live. The other piece it does is because uh, of supply and demand and and economics 1000, um, there's such a demand for housing and such a low supply that it pushes the price up, which again, Mm -hmm. makes it difficult on people. Um, So to the question of how do we continue to grow given some of the pressures put on by growth, maybe we pause the growth um, until we get some of these things caught up. Like right now we have cranes in the sky in St. John, we have apartments being built, but not fast enough. How do we accelerate? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we work with developers to help get more homes built? And um, we need homes for everybody. We need high-end homes. We need middle-end homes. We need supported and subsidized housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the faster we can get homes built, the better for everybody because it takes that, pressure off the supply demand um, pricing increases um, you know but we don't have that right now you know and I worry that we're continuing to pull people into the city but we've got we can't service them we've got nowhere from them to live which just continues with those pressures so I think two sides to it one um, we need to work with developers and find out what their sticking points are to getting things that are already approved built because we have a lot of um, projects that have been approved, but for one reason or another, the developers aren't digging the holes and getting them started. So how do we help developers get those started? And then we've got to look at 
you know, what are we doing that's continuing to entice so many people to want to come to St. John? And how do we work it so maybe not so many people are pushing to come in right now, but without making us less attractive? And I don't know how we do that um, right now. But if we can say, we would love to have you here in a year or two, but give us a year to get some places built for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how, how we do that. But I think that's part of the problem. We're doing a good job of, of enticing people to come here. It's a wonderful place. I've lived here my whole life. So I understand the value proposition of St. John. Um, the difficulty we have right now is just keeping up on the services in order to service those people. My next question is about developments. There are a lot of impressive developments either happening now or planned for the near future here in St. John. My favorite, I think, is the Fundy Key Project on the waterfront uptown. Can you talk more about developments and builds that are happening here in the city? Well, I guess we just kind of, that's where I left off. So good segue in the question. Um, yeah, the, the plan stuff. Like we got Fundy Key at the bottom of King Street that's going to complement um, all the work that the city is doing recreationally in front of Market Square. That's going to be a beautiful waterfront uh, in two mm-hmm. to three years once it's fully built out. Um, but I know that uh, there are pressures that those developers are feeling from supply chain issues. Um, how do we help them get it going? Because certainly I have total confidence once they get the residential side built, they'll fill it. You know, there's such a pressure for people uh, to move into St. John. And that's prime real estate. I mean, for people who are empty nesters, their kids are away, they want to sell their house and and move somewhere. Living on the St. John waterfront with a 365-day-a-year view of the harbor um, is such a great proposition. And and so uh, I know that those developers were in front of council a few months ago. getting clearance last year they got clearance for a big one of their large buildings on the site uh this was approvals for one of their medium-sized buildings on the site so i really hope to see that going up this summer but we have others um one on tin can beach in the south end that was a beautiful looking uh uh, development when it was proposed and it's cleared all Mm -hmm. all the The landmark yep the landmark um but we haven't had conversations with those about where where their blockages are. And I guess one of the differences between the two is uh, uh, Fundy Keys being developed by local developers and the landmarks mm-hmm. being headed up by folks who are out of town. So I don't know. Well, I don't know for sure, but I suspect that that's a difference in motivation to get things done. If you're an out-of-town developer, likely you're developing in different places. And so maybe St. John isn't your highest priority for this building season, as opposed to local developers um, who, because they're from here and hear it from their neighbors at the grocery store or when they're at the hockey rink, they're a little more motivated to get the projects done. So, uh, and and we've seen that over the past um, couple of years, the local developers are getting the projects done more than the out of town developers are. Yeah, when I think of a, I don't want to call it a failed development, but a, who knows what's going to happen is the top of King Street, where the old Wallsworth building, beautiful, uh, like 
renderings of it, but right now it's nothing but a hole in the ground, which is so disappointing to see. And well, uh, yes, except I'll take the hole in the ground better than the mill doing rotting building. True, before, true. Because it, at least a hole in the ground kind of kind of demonstrates something is going on. <laughs> um, but I do know because I've had some conversations with that developer that he he's it's Percy Wilbur. He's a local St. Johner who has developed all sorts of successful projects in St. John. Um, talking to him and I had the conversation of what's getting in your way. And and I can't quote the numbers because I'd probably be wrong because I can't remember them exactly. I just remember being a lot. He said, you know, I had the plan ready to go. And then COVID and supply chain issues hit. And he said, but I said, is there anything the city can do? You know, what's within our power to help you? He said, anything you can do can help. But really what was the stumbling block um, was the price of steel and concrete had, okay. had greatly increased. And I, and I wish I could remember the numbers. I remembered it ended in millions. Um, so there's, so I know he's experiencing a supply chain issue right now. Um, but I, I guess I, I give Percy a bit of room to work because um He's the one who who took the Arches project in the South End and bought it, tore down a church that was falling apart, um, and created a great housing project that's full. You know, hmm. he he's been involved in other um, developments in St. John, and he gets them done. So, you know, when I talk to Mr. Wilbur and he says I need a bit of time and prices have gotten a little stupid, so I got to rework some things. I am less worried about his project not moving forward than I am something like the landmark that's owned by the folks from out of town. Uh, this is another question about the growth in the city, but not developments. It's the port. The port is growing it's really, really fast. You get the two new container cranes that will be online within the next probably few weeks. How do you and the city feel about the growth happening at the port? Oh, it's incredibly exciting. You know, we we have been known, now we're working on our brand and what we are exactly, but we've certainly been known as the port city for a very long time in St. John. Um, and the port has always been a part of our history. When the dry dock was going gangbusters in the 1980s, there was all sorts of money around town and St. John was booming. When the dry dock work stopped, we went through quite a dry spell in St. John. Um, with the port's expansion, with partners DP World and CP Rail coming in, um, wow, people are going to be working. There's going to be all sorts of uh, business moving through mm -hmm. the port. We're, and, and not only the business locally, but how important we are um, you know, to other parts of Canada. Like, And I guess I will say the eastern United States, because CP is connected both east and west and north and south. Um, so incredibly important for jobs. For jobs that are going to be around for decades, um, mm -hmm. you know, not just short-term employment. Um, for jobs that aren't all white-collar, there will be all sorts of trades required. Good jobs for people with good work habits who may not have got through a lot of school. Um, and with every job is the support for the family. So from that side of things, it's really good. But the other piece is we need to be prepared for what does it mean when you're poor um, grows. You know, we have people living on the west side right now who are experiencing a lot of uh, 
uh, discomfort in their traveling just because so many more trains are going by. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're getting stuck at rail crossings a lot longer than they used to. You know, whistles going in the middle of the night as the trains come and go. So those are things, and I know there are conversations going with our provincial partners now about, you know, what can we do to get more level crossings installed um, with the barricades or with whatever they're called, the train arms, so that they don't have to use their whistles for safety going through the city. I mean, those conversations are going on right now, and and we need to start moving on, getting those things installed as soon as possible. So the the discomfort um, that comes with the growth, we've got to mitigate as much as we can. And we do that um, in partnership with the other other levels of government. Um, another project happening in the city, man, there's a lot, a lot happening in the city right now, is the new wind turbines in Lawrenceville. As I said to you earlier, I live outside the city, so when I go home on weekends, I can see them coming, leaving the city and coming towards the city. Can you talk more about the project and the future of renewable energy here in St. John? Well, to talk about the future of renewable energy uh, in St. John, we've got to talk about the value that's in St. John Energy. Um, wow. St. John Energy is officially the power commission of the city of St. John. Um, it's been around for 150 years and is owned by the city of St. John. It, but it, it is one of three local distribution utilities in the province of New Brunswick. Everything else is run by NB Power, um, mm-hmm. except for us, Perth, Andover, and Edmonston. And the folks at St. John Energy do such a fantastic job of looking after our needs in the city. Um, something a lot of people don't realize is St. John electricity customers pay 10% less than the rest of the province because of the work that St. Okay. John Energy does. Um, so the project, uh, the wind, Birchill Wind Project, which is owned by Natural Forces, a company out of Nova Scotia, um, in partnership with uh, uh, some others, shoot, an Indigenous Peoples band that I can't remember the name of as well. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's the one up in Tobik, if, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think you're right. Um, was organized by St. John Energy. But St. John Energy isn't allowed to own um, a generating utility but they organized it, led the project, got natural forces to come in to be the lead on building. Um, so it's the brilliance in St. John Energy that we have a wind farm going up. So it's so exciting. And I know it, it's funny, uh, being involved with St. John Energy, I sit on that commission as well. We get a lot of questions about solar. Why aren't we doing more solar, You know, other renewables? Mm-hmm. And the answer is pretty straightforward. Wind is cheaper. Solar uh, is cheaper than it was. It's still not cheap enough to make it cheaper than wind. And and the folks at St. John Energy are smart. They want um, more renewables. They want to help St. John and the province reduce our carbon footprint, but they want to do it responsibly and economically. And the most economical solution right now is wind and living on the Bay of Fundy. We've got lots of it. So (laughs) That is true. We've got... 10 turbines, um, I think the last I saw, eight were built, waiting for most waiting for a couple more electronic parts um, to get them online, two more to finish up. And so this phase has 10 turbines. Um, I think there's space if things 
go right and we cross our fingers. There might be space for two more at that location. Okay. And, and I can tell you St. John Energy staying focused, getting that project 100% online and moving, um, you know, then their eyes are going to say, okay, what's next? So mm-hmm. it's it's not a one-off, we're done with it. Is, is it time to reinvestigate solar? Or is there another area for wind? Do we partner with somebody on a project? Uh, St. John Energy looks at how they can help our city and province holistically. So it's to do good projects economically. Um, and, and they are a fantastic jewel for the city of St. John. You mentioned that St. John Energy can't own the project, but they can distribute the power. I actually did not know that. I was wondering why St. John Energy was not the one who owned it, but they can't. That's interesting to know. Yeah, it's, it's in provincial legislation that St. John Energy is a distribution utility. So okay. um, they can their job is to distribute electricity within the boundaries of the city of St. John. And they can buy electricity from NB Power or they can buy electricity that's been generated in the city of St. John. They're not allowed to generate it, but they can buy electricity from somebody else if it is generated in St. John. And so thus the partnership with natural forces on the virtual wind farm. Um, late last year, I don't remember the exact date, the province finally announced the new school is going to be built uptown. They announced the location, the build date, the completion date is like 2027. How do you feel about that new school and the proposed one here in the North End? <laughs> I am incredibly excited. Um, I'm a school teacher uh-huh. full time. My wife is an elementary school teacher full time. And uh, on, before um, Seaside Park School was built, I, a few years back, I worked at Lauren Middle School and uh, happened to be a student at Lauren Middle School around 1980 two when it burned down and got rebuilt. And until Seaside Park, the rebuilding of the burned down Lauren Middle School from the 1980s was the newest school we had in the city of St. John. Really? Um, For whatever reason, uh, St. John had been ignored by uh, the provincial government as far as renewal renewal of schools. and we're feeling a bit of the pinch now. You know, we talked earlier about growth from a municipal point of view, but being a teacher, um, we weren't ready for the growth from a school point of view either. There, there aren't enough teachers for the growth that's coming into the province of New Brunswick. And certainly facilities, schools are, are struggling. Um, many schools are struggling. And where, do, where do we put the new students that we're getting? We're running out of space. So these new schools can't come fast enough. Um, I can't wait. I, I was excited. I knew the one in the South End was coming. Um, and it, it's going to be more than a school. It's going to be a community hub, which is incredibly yeah. important. But tagged on the announcement of the new North End school as well it is fantastic. Because that my friends who teach at PES and Milledgeville um, are seeing huge growth in their populations thanks to immigration but they're running out of space. Um, and so these new schools will be a huge help. You said that the the city has been forgotten by the province for a while. That leads to my next question is uh, like tax, tax reform. The city has been saying for years that they're kind of getting screwed over when it comes to taxes by service NB. Can you talk more about the 
complicated tax system and how the city is kind of getting screwed over? Well, I, I guess I, I guess I would say in the past, a lot of it is, is, you know, understanding how the tax system works. There's the residential side and the non-residential side. And part of the problem for St. John is we hadn't been growing and, and it's the double edge of the sort I talked about earlier about too much growth pushes the prices of everything up and makes it hard on people. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any growth and assessments aren't pushing up, then you don't have a lot of extra revenue as a municipality because uh, property tax is like 78% of our revenue. So we can't do the things that you need to do in order to help your city grow. If, if you're not getting assessment increases, the only other way to do it is increasing your tax rate, which makes you less competitive, which makes people not want to live there. So your assessments don't go up. Um, so it's tough kind of from an economic point of view. Um, but I think we've got a handle on the, on the residential side now. You know, our residential assessment increase averaged a little over 10% in this last year. Uh, Fredericton was about 11. Um, sorry, I'm wrong. Residential was about 12. Fredericton was about 13. Moncton was about 17. So we're not in Moncton's ballpark yet, but we're certainly in the same ballpark residentially as Fredericton, mm-hmm. which from an economic point of view says people want to live here, people want to move here. Um, where we're really falling down, our non-residential growth, so industrial growth, business growth, those assessments went up by about 3% in St. John last year. In Moncton and Fredericton, they went up by over 10%. And that's really the huge gap is the assessment growth on our industries um, isn't growing as high as other cities. So when you drill down into that, um, you say, what can we do? And, and really, we're doing research on that right now. We don't know the answer, but we know it's a problem. So that 3% business growth versus the 10% business growth in our other Saint, or other New Brunswick cities is a real focus. Um, but the, the province has given us a mechanism to get more business property tax to stay in the city. Um, one piece is the province reduced the amount of provincial property tax they're taking from business. And they gave us the ability to uh, increase the amount of property tax we get from business and industry using something called a multiplier. Um, so traditionally, cities got 1.5 times the tax rate for non-residential properties. Um now municipalities have the opportunity to move that from 1.5 as high as 1.7 times the tax rate for non-residential properties. And every municipality in the province of New Brunswick, except for Moncton, moved their slider of multiplier to 1.7. And I think Moncton went to 1.63, I want to say, but 1.6 something. So even they increased their multiplier. But... When you do all of the math of how much the province backed out of versus how much we could take going to the maximum multiplier, um, on average, non-residential properties actually are paying less tax this year than they did last year. So not, not a, you know, well, they're less than inflation. They're actually paying less overall. 
um, which I don't think is what the province had intended. It's certainly not what we expected. We'd like everybody to be paying a fair range of tax. The province is now giving us mechanisms that we can start to do that. Um, but in this first round, this is the first year of this multiplier existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we missed the mark a little bit by what that multiplier could be in order for St. John to take full advantage of the tax from the province vacated. So we have asked the province uh, through our finance committee um, to look at that multiplier and give us the ability don't don't limit us at 1.7 because if the math doesn't work out it could end up being that your intention province and I know the province's intention was to allow municipalities to move into that tax room um, we couldn't take full advantage of it so those conversations are going now too I think the province although nobody moves fast enough to make us happy uh, I have been around council I first got elected in 2008 I can tell you that the province in the last couple of years is doing infinitely more than they ever have for municipalities. Um, we're not there yet. We need to tweak these mechanisms. We have some more asks in to make it better. Uh, but I do appreciate that there's a recognition that something needs to be done and they've started. Um, the height of COVID is seemingly behind us, which I hope it is. This means that tourism numbers should rebound to someone near their pre-2020 numbers. Does the city have a plan in place to attract tourists to St. John and the greater Bay of Fundy region? Yeah, the greater Bay of Fundy region. So um, I just, I smile because uh, uh, that's really um, Envision St. John, the regional growth agency. That's their job. And, and last year they had St. John and the towns by the Bay as a, um, marketing slogan mm-hmm. and target. So they are really on the ball. And, and while um, I've had a few discussions with Envision, some good, some concerning, I would say they do a fantastic job around tourism. When you look at the number of festivals that go on, the Sea Shanty Festival out in St. Martin's last year, um, you know, a lot of the uptown events that happen in the city, uh, it's really their responsibility to hit up tourism. Oh gosh, you know, the 506, not just, it's not just 506 isn't just, you know, one weekend of bands anymore. It's now a container village. Like there's all sorts going on in St. John around tourism. Um, I think that's in very good hands and I'm looking forward to an incredibly busy summer. Um, this is a, I find St. John's a little too car centric. How do like tour, uh, Transit St. John, St. John Transit has been doing more with their buses, upgrading the buses, better schedules. How can this city make St. John like more public transport, uh, more people walking and biking to work into the stores? Density, density, density. I like um, that. I like that answer. <laughs> well, part of the problem is I, I love St. John, but we're huge. Like, like you can take... You can take Fredericton, Moncton, and Hampton and put them all within the boundary of the city of St. John. Like, we're geographically massive. Mm-hmm. Which on, on, on the upside, if you want urban living in your Brunswick, St. John's the spot for you. Our uptown is fantastic. I would put our urban experience against anyone's. You can also have the best rural experience without leaving the city boundaries um, whether you get it into the east side where there's a massive amount of 
land out. My my much of my family has uh, land and houses in South Bay on the other side of Grand Bay, um, and it is gorgeous. God's country out there with mm-hmm. trees and birds and lots of room for the dogs to run. Um, the problem is you can't be all things to all people. You know, it is so big. We can't have a transit system that is going everywhere because you have buses traveling a very long distance to pick up one or two people just because of the density issue. I think right now our our transit folks are on the ball. Great service where the bulk of the people are Um, and frequent routes running there. The on-demand and then adding the on-demand service, smaller buses that you can call to come pick up groups of people um, in some of those further reaches so there isn't an empty bus driving around all the time but when people need it they can be there is a lot cheaper we've got smart people running st john transit right now to make the best of of what we are doing and the other piece you know some of it um is stability you know we've got a, i think a good service working right now and we've got to encourage people if you need um for your lifestyle, if you need to use the bus as your main source of transit, you need to live somewhere with the transit reaches, right? If you want, if you want to have the the rural experience, that's wonderful. We got lots of it for you, um, but we can't send a bus down a you know dirt road where there are only two houses, right? If you enjoy that living experience, you're going to need a vehicle. And then where we have that density built. Um, I would rather see a whole lot more buses and, and many fewer cars. We, we've done the road diet on University Avenue. Um, I know we've talked about Heather Way. We had in, have in the budget for this year a full-time traffic engineer, Mr. O'Reilly, who's um, been our traffic engineer part-time as he has other portfolios as well, has done an admirable job having all these things put together. But um, the city in the budget this year said, we need to do a better job and be able to get more of these projects done. So we hired somebody to do it. Um, and that person just started this week. So we now have a Mr. O'Reilly who's been our expert, but we also have somebody whose full-time job it is to help get our, our move SJ plan moving forward and get these projects um, into reality. So they're not just sitting in a, in a plan somewhere, but we actually start to see them. So I think we're on the right track. Um, and and uh, I am looking forward to seeing what comes forward from that investment. Um, my final question for you is, what has been the highlight of your time on council? Hmm. That's a great question. I don't know how, you know, weirdly enough, and this is going to sound incredibly boring, but I'm excited by it. So there have been small things weirdly that I was uh, leading. That um, was the counselor that led us getting broadcast on YouTube. And, and once upon a time, uh, council was broadcast on, on a local cable channel 10 on Monday night. So people could tune in on their TV. But thanks to our, our clerk's office, uh, based on some things that I led, they're the ones who helped get us connected so that we were available on the internet. Um, and, and I would say we're one of the most transparent councils uh, anywhere in Atlanta, Canada. Like, like you can tune in and see council meetings back to 2009 on Rogers, just look them up. And so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but it, I think of all the things I've been involved with, our long-term financial plan, um, last council, 
when we were in trouble at a $10 million structural deficit, which meant unless we did something extreme, we were losing $10 million every year and going to be losing another $10 million next year. So it forced us to get to work and put a financial plan in place um, to make sure that we were financially responsible and that that wouldn't happen again. So putting that together uh, under David Merrithew, his leadership at that time with the finance committee and our finance department, I think he's was so important to help us get out of the $10 million deficit, but also now um, that we're following it weirdly, you know, when I ran for council this year or this term, my goal I, I wanted to be on the finance committee. I wanted to make sure this plan that we put in place kept moving forward because you need a financial plan in tough times, but you also need a financial plan when times are good. And right now times mm-hmm. are, are financially good to make sure that you're spending money in the right place. We're spending it on the strategic plan and not just somebody's idea. Hey, we got a few bucks. Let's go do this. No, we, we do it according to plan. Um, we do it based on principles that somebody who owned their own home would, you know, we make sure we save money for a rainy day. We make sure that if we um, get some extra dollars, but it's one-time dollars, we put it to a one-time spend. We don't go hire a new person and hope to find more money next year. Um, We're really smart about it. So what will happen when, you know, this year when we've got a few extra dollars, well, we didn't just immediately go spend all the stuff we have. We have a plan. We will spend it on these things in order to keep our plows plowing the streets and to keep the garbage getting picked up, which is another excellent thing that we've done. Um, but if we have a few extra dollars, can we invest them in a new person to make sure we get our, our um, move SJ moving in active transportation? Mm-hmm. Do we invest it in upgrading our beaches, you know, making sure Dominion Park is put together like they deserve to be after da- being damaged in some spring floods? Do we have some extra money that we can invest in upgrading and refreshing uh, the market slip out in front of Market Square? That was gorgeous and state of the art in 1985. Um, and, and really being a waterfront should be still a jewel. So, you know, we have some extra money. Let's invest it and make that beautiful. So we, but it's all based on making sure we have a sound financial plan that doesn't let somebody come in with that idea of the day and go, we've got some money. Let me grab it and go do this. No, we've got plans to do stuff. Let's mm-hmm. follow the plans. We'll make sure we finance the plan. So the thing I'm probably most proud of, um, is that we have a functioning financial plan that long after I am gone, uh, I'm confident that the city won't get into any fiscal difficulty again down the road. Um, it is our foundation and security blanket. Do you have anything you want to say about the city or even yourself to the people listening? I, I would just say, look, St. John is such a fantastic place uh, to live, work and play. Um, and the one thing, you know, the one thing I wish if I could, if I could snap my fingers and make a change in St. John, um, I would wish that more St. Johners, um, looked at what we have that's great in the city and spread that word to everybody they know. Uh, St. Johners tend to be kind of like my Boston Bruins. They tend to be gritty, a hard playing bunch. Don't mind getting in the corners and mixing it up. Um, but by the same token, when we're talking to people outside of the city, uh, we want them to come experience what we get to experience. So we need to, we need to share it. 
Uh, there are great things happening in St. John and have been for years. Let's tell our story and and make sure everybody knows it. Uh, well, before I do a send off, I'm also a Boston fan. What a season. What a season. I'm so happy this year. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you, Gary, for taking time to do this interview. Uh, no problem. Appreciate the conversation. Love talking about my city. St. John, it's it's an, it's becoming a very very good place to live. Yes, and and it it has been, but I think the word's finally getting out. It is. We we got to keep telling people. So thanks for doing this. Okay, thanks, Gary. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. And thank you for listening to the manifesto. I'm your host Logan. Today, my guest was Gary Sullivan, City Councilor at Large in the City of St. John. Thank you.